0: better together. And so the the title of my sermon today is called The Law of Christ. The Law of Christ. And it it is what is the law of Christ? We've heard about the law in the Old Testament and all these different things about laws and, and obeying the laws and we're free from the law. And then there's the law of Christ. And so I wanted to dive into that. And it's very simple. It's very simple. Yet it's the hardest thing for us to do. It's very simple. It's love God, love people. That's the law of Christ. Love God, love people. And sometimes it's very easy to love God, and sometimes it's very hard to love God. Um, it, it, when things go wrong in our lives, and it seems like there's no rhyme or reason to what things are happening, we, we tend to want to look at God and be like, why? God, why? That's not fair. This isn't right. And we kind of get upset at God. And so uh, I'm going to dive into this simple law of loving God and loving people. And just keep in mind, this is all about being better together, about community, community in the church and community in the body of Christ. So all the 10 commandments are fulfilled under one law. All the 10 commandments, love God, love people. In Mark 12 verses 30 through 31, it says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength, everything. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And then in Matthew 22, 36 through 40, it says, "'Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law?' And he said to them, "'You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, "'with all your soul, and with all your mind.'" This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it, "'You shall love your neighbor as yourself.'" On these two commandments depend all the law and all the prophets. In other words, based on these two, it fulfills. If you love God and you love your neighbor as yourself, it fulfills the commandments. The greatest commandment is to love God with all your heart, soul, and mind and strength. That's the greatest commandment. I don't think anyone would argue with that. That's the greatest commandment. Love God. We have to love God. The second is much harder. To love your neighbor as yourself. That that is hard. It's hard to do. So what is love? Today we're talking about something called agape love. Agape love. Agape is a word in the New Testament. Agape love is selfless. It is sacrificial. It is unconditional. It is the highest of the four types of love mentioned in the Bible. Agape love involves faithfulness, commitment, and an act of the will. One important aspect of agape love is that it extends beyond your emotions, It extends beyond emotions. It's much more than a feeling or a sentiment. Agape love is active. It demonstrates love through actions. This well-known Bible verse is the perfect example. Y'all all all are going to know this Bible verse. If you don't, that's okay. Don't feel bad. But it's the all-encompassing love of God for the entire human race. God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die and thus save every person who believe in him. Right? Right? So it's, it's John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. He loved the world so much that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. It's that love that he gave his son for while we were still sinners that Jesus died for us. We are to love God. We love God by putting him first in every aspect of our life. I've, I've went through this. this is, I'm just going back and touching a few points. We love God by loving people. That's the easiest yet hardest commandment, to love people. We want to love if it's reciprocated, if someone loves us first, or if they're easy to love. Cute puppies. Like a good segue. I didn't, I didn't have anything. Just cute puppies. Yeah, they're easy to love. They're fun. They're so cute. You kiss their nose. If you don't kiss their nose, and I'm not, I'm weird. But anyway, they lick their face. They're, no, they lick your face. You don't lick their face. But anyway, I messed that up. But you, you're. They're fun to. Oh my goodness, they're so cute. And my, my family loves puppies. I mean, you see a puppy, oh, a puppy. You know, just I love puppies and. Puppies are adorable, and and one time we had a litter of puppies, they were like chow, German shepherd, I mean, we we couldn't afford the nice dogs, you know, so we got the Heinz 57s, you know, those are the best dogs anyway, but uh, it was just a mix of like wolf or something, coyote and whatever else they could throw in there, and we had like five of them, right, and they were all, four of them were just great dogs, just incredible puppies, they just, they were so cute and adorable, had personalities, and one of them was special, he was he couldn't quite figure out which way was up and which way was down he didn't know where to go to use the restroom if you were holding him it would just happen I mean he had a special name and I won't tell you what it is but it was a very special name and and um, we called him tardy anyway so he was a he was my favorite dog because he was so special but but puppies are so fun they're easy to love they're so sweet and adorable and there's nothing wrong with them. They're easy to love. They lick your face, they wag their little tail and they're so adorable and they're excited. I love I love puppies, okay? I do. But the abused adult dog that distrusts people is hard to love. That dog is scary, man. I'm not gonna lie. It's a Rottweiler that's been put in a junkyard, and I don't want to talk to it. I don't even want to look at it. If it starts barking, I'm gonna cry. Like dogs, dogs can be either the loving, most sweetest things on the face, or scary. They're scary, scary, scary. I'm not comparing people to dogs. I'm just using this as an analogy. Some people are easy to love. They're cute and cuddly. They wag their tail, and you're just like, yes, I love you. Like, Isabel is easy to love. I just, I love Isabel. Virgil is the adult dog, but anyway, I'm kidding. Isabel is so much fun. She's sweet and kind, and I love talking to her. I love hugging her every service. She says, my pastor, and she gives me this huge hug, and I'm like, yes, I'm your pastor. You know, it's just a great feel. I love, I love that. I love, but there are some people who have been abused and hurt by the world, and they've been tied up so to speak and they're they're just they they're very distrusting of people they're very just and they're they're like a rottweiler that has been put in a junkyard and forgotten about and so they're not as easy to love it's hard to love he didn't make a, a, an exception and say love these people and not these people he said love your neighbor as yourself so what does the bible say about loving someone in 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 7, it's beautifully put, agape love. It, it paints a beautiful picture of what love is. And it says in verse 1, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. In other words, what's the point? If I have prophetic powers and understand all mystery and all knowledge but, and have all faith, so as to remove mountains, but I don't have love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have and if I deliver my body up to be burned but have not love, I gain nothing. It's all about love. And here's what love is. Love is patient. Don't be elbowing your spouse. Love is kind. Don't be elbowing anybody, right? Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant. It is not rude. It does not insist on its own way. Like I said, this is like a granny. This is like a really sweet granny. It's not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. And then the last one here, it says, love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. Love is patient. Let me read Ephesians 4, 1 through 3. It says, I therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. You've all been called. With all humility and gentleness. We talked about that last week. With patience, bearing with one another in love. Eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. It's all about love, guys. Kindness, love is kind. Ephesians 4 31 through 32 says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Wrath, anger, clamor, slander, and malice, put it away. Be kind to one another, tender hearted, forgiving. Kindness and forgiveness go hand in hand, as God and Christ forgave you. Now let's look at bears all things. It says it bears all things. The word bears in the Greek word in the Greek is the word stego, which means to cover, as a roof covers a house. Right? It's built within the word stego as a concept of protection, exactly as a roof protects and shields and guards the inhabitants of a house from exposure to the outside influences of weather, heat cold. The roof of a house is designed to shield people from storms, hurricanes, tornadoes, rain, hail, snow, wind, blistering, hot temperatures. You get the hint. This protection is vital for survival in most climates, preventing people from either freezing to death or burning as a result of continual exposure to sunlight. By using the word bear, the apostle Paul is giving us a powerful illustration. First, we must understand that there is a different seasons to life. And not all seasons are pleasurable. In fact, some seasons are pretty difficult and stormy. They're they're nasty. We've been talking about that. There are moments when external circumstances excel us. I mean, they they just beat us. They whip us. And we have to shield and to guard ourselves during the stormy times. It becomes much more difficult for us to survive spiritually in these times. And what Paul is saying is agape love serves like a protection for you. Like the roof of a house is a friend who moves in the agape love of God to stay near in times of trouble. That friend will hover over you to protect you from the storms of life rather than expose you in your flaws to the view of others. We all have that friend. A person who operates in this kind of love will conceal you, cover you, and protect you. The real agape love is always there in times to lend support. So another way to, be, to say bear all things would be able to say love protects, it shields, it guards, it covers, it conceals, and safeguards people from exposure. It believes all things. Paul goes on to mention the 12th characteristic of agape love, saying that love believes all things. The word believes is actually, in the Greek, to put one's faith or trust into something or someone. The tense used in the Greek text lets us know that this is a constant, continuous entrusting of one's faith in something or someone. Involving a never give up kind of belief that something will turn out for the very best. In light of this, the Greek phrase could actually be taken to mean that love believes the best in every situation. It believes the best in every situation. We're supposed to be loving people. Love people. Love God. Love people. Agape love isn't stupid, and it's not blind. It sees everything, the good, the bad, the ugly. But because agape is so filled with faith, it pushes the disconcerting, disturbing, negative realities out of the way. It doesn't mean that love ignores problems or challenges. It just makes a choice to see beyond the problems and conflicts, to strain forward to the highest potential that resides in every person. The agape love of God does not know how to quit. It can't quit. It hangs on even when the going gets tough. It just keeps believing the very best, no matter what. So take a good, honest, hard look at yourself. Are you operating in this kind of high-level love? Maybe not ever, ever run around you, just even to your spouse, your closest people around you, your family. Do you strain forward to believe the best, or do you pick people apart and point out all their flaws and weaknesses? Do you see their potential through the eyes of love, or do you look on them through eyes of criticism? Never forget that love believes the best. So the phrase, believes all things, could be translated, love strains forward with all its might to believe the very best in every situation. How about hopes? Hopes all things. This word in the Greek depicts not only a hope, but an expectation of good things. An expectation of good things. This means that rather than assuming failure or bad result in someone's life, the agape of love of God always expects the best in someone else. You look for the best in other people. It's not only expected, but it's filled with an anticipation to see the manifestation of things hoped for. So it could be translated, love always expects and anticipates the best in others and the best for others. And then endures all things. Now this word in the Greek is hupomino. And I may have mispronounced that. Just deal with it. All right. I know y'all all speak Greek and you're looking at me like, hey, that was not right. But the word hupo or huppo, which means under, and the word "meno," which means to stay or to abide. Compounded together, it depicts the attitude of a person who is under a heavy load, but refuses to surrender to defeat because he knows he is in his place. This person knows where he's supposed to be. He has therefore decided that regardless of what tries to come against him, he's gonna stay put and refuse to move. This means that agape love never quits and it never throws in the towel. It never is done, it simply does not know how to quit says i'm committed to be here to stay with you and to work it out regardless of the cost or the time involved i'm not quitting i'm here to stay it's what the bible what it means when it says endures all things it endures all things this kind of love is completely contrary to our flesh which says i've done all i'm gonna do i'm not wasting any more time i'm finished i'm leaving endures all things, could be translated, love never quits, never surrenders, and never gives up. As we look into God's word and examine the characteristics of agape love, can you say that this is the kind of love operating in your life? Would others say that you have a roof for them, you're protecting, covering, concealing, and guarding them during the hard and difficult seasons of life? Would others say you believe the best about people or that you tend to be nitpicky and critical of others? Have you made the decision to stick it out regardless of how long it takes? When all these Greek words and phrases are translated together, an expanded uh, version of it would be love protects, shields, Guards, covers, conceals, and safeguards people from exposure. Love strains forward with all its might to believe the very best in every situation. Love always expects and anticipates the best in others and the best for others. Love never quits, never surrenders, and never gives up. Is that the kind of love that you have? Or is your love based on something other than that? Because that's godly love. Love God. Love people. John 13, 34 through 35 says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You are also to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Now, in our culture, as men, it's hard to say love. We just, it's hard. I mean, it's mushy gushy. We start talking about love, a lot of us check out. I'm the first one that's ever going to tell I love you, man. I'm going to tell you I love you. I'm going, to, I'm going to end the phone call with I love you, and I mean it. I love you. And I'm not afraid to say it. I'm not, I'm, for most of the people in the, in the room, you know, I'm big enough to, to whoop you. But there's a couple in here that can whoop me, so I won't say everybody. They're, you know, I'm not afraid to say I love you. There are people that have been through their entire life without hearing the words from people that matter to them I love you. I love you. Love is the greatest command. It's the greatest command from Jesus Christ. Why do we shy away from it? Love God, love people. People are hard to love. Can we just be real? I agree. You are hard to love. Not just people, let's take it personal. You. Are you hard to love? Do you you make things difficult sometimes for people? Jesus does it, though. Jesus loves you in spite of everything. It says in 1 John 4, 19, we love because he first loved us. We love because he first loved us. In spite of everything you do. In spite of all your idiosyncrasies, all your all your inadequacies, everything that we fail at, Jesus loves you and adores you. The only way we can love is through God. When you cheat on Him with worldly pursuits, He still loves you. The Bible calls it adultery. You adulterous generation. When we 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 go looking for what makes us happy and gives us pleasure, and, and God's like, I'm right here. The Bible calls it adultery. Can you imagine loving someone who steps out of the relationship constantly? Can you imagine trying to love them, yet choosing to love them every single time and forgive them? Yet, yet Jesus does it to us every day. He loves us every day. People are people. You are a person. You're a person. You above all else should be understanding of another human being. You should be understanding of another human being. Yet we tend to judge others without knowing the facts. I'm not a judge. My name, Daniel, actually means only God can judge me. Only God can judge me. I was talking to somebody uh, yesterday about being a people pleaser. About uh, worrying about what other people think. And it, it is, in our culture, a huge deal. We, we, we act like we don't care what other people think, yet inside we're so worried about what other people think. And so, somehow or another, we get this codependent mindset of, I'm going to be this, that, and the other if they do this, this, and this. I have to be certain ways so that people will feel a certain way about me. And that's, that's, the wrong, that's not love. That's, that's not love. And we get into relationships and we base our whole life, our whole mentality around what this person thinks or wants. And that's not love. And then when we don't feel the love that we think that we should be getting from that person, we begin to resent them and not like them because they're not giving us what we need. When in reality, all we needed was Jesus. He's the one that fills that hole that we're trying to fill with other people. So we have this weird, wonky aspect of what love is. Love is this, 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 and this. And and, and we've got a culture now that that makes love all about sexual things. And it's not. The agape love of God is unconditional. We need to quit judging other people. We're not the judge. God is. God is the judge of people. This is how they know you are disciples. If you have love for one another. If you have love for one another. Galatians 6.1, last week we talked about how we were to restore them in a spirit of gentleness. If someone is caught in transgression. But in Galatians 6.2 it says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. To fulfill the law of Christ. He, he, what was the law of Christ? To love God and love people. This says bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Bear from the Greek in this term means to lift up, to carry. Literally, to lift up, to carry, to take up. A burden, it's pretty obvious, but in the Greek means to weight. It means a load. It also has a connotation in this word in the Greek of heaviness, of a depth. So this is a burden that threatens to crush the joy of your relationship with Jesus. What burden is that? Maybe it's a transgression. Maybe it's a sin. Maybe it's an emotional burden. Maybe you've lost somebody in your family. Maybe you're struggling with depression. Maybe your kids are out of whack. What is the weight that is crushing you? Our job as a community is to lift each other up and to lift the burdens up. Instead, we try to go around doing it on our own and not saying anything because that's what we're supposed to do. It's supposed to be tough. and That's never what God intended for his community, for the body of Christ. How do we lift another person's burden? The greatest weapon and tool we have is prayer. It's the most underutilized tool that we have. It, it, it is the key that literally unlocks the chains that bind us. It, I, when I meet with somebody, most of the time I ask them, I say, hey, how often are you praying? Well, you know, I know I should. But man, it's just, you know, it's hard or I, I should do it more. I, I know I should do it. How often do you pray? Because prayer is literally the tool that God gave us to unlock Everything that needs to be unlocked in our life. It's our communication with the Father. How often do you pray? You start praying for other people instead of talking about them or thinking negative thoughts. You just start praying for them. I pray for my enemies. I was in a situation here recently where I had to, I had to do something I didn't want to do. And so I had a conversation with him I didn't want to have. And the guy that I was talking to was so angry at me. His face got so red. Started threatening things and doing all that. And I mean... I immediately, I, I kept my cool, the people that were with me was just like, man, I was very proud of you, you know, because <laughs> I, I wanted to be like, I wanted to be, hey, I'm bipolar, here's my excuse, you know, but I decided not to. Anyway, I, I was, I kept my cool, but I left there feeling very abused, and I felt like I'd been put into a corner, and no one puts baby in a corner, you know what I mean? And so I was, I was really, really, really anxious, And I started praying about this person and the situation, not for them, not for them. And I started praying about them and I was really upset and God, why did this happen? And I thought I did what you called me to do and really upset. And then God just put it on my heart, pray for them. And I was like, I don't want want to, I really, really, I've got to do a to? You know, and he's like, pray for him. I and mean, I know none of y'all struggle with this, but I, I, this, at this point, I was considering this person my enemy. And so I started praying and I, I was journaling and praying God extend their territory. God give them grace and blessings in their life. And I started praying for the situation and God that you would just come in and do a work. And all of a sudden, my heart started changing toward these people. My heart started changing and I started seeing things in a different light and in a different mindset. And all of a sudden I realized that God loves them just as much as he loves me. God cares about that person just as much as he cares about me. And it's all going to work out. It may not be the way I want it to work out, but God's going to work out the situation for his glory. So all I need to do is put myself in a position to receive what God wants from me. And what that is, is me praying for those that have hurt me and praying for those that have harmed me. But that's how I lift his burden. is by praying. I, I don't want to lift his burden, but I, I felt like it was very key that I do. Sometimes, sometimes the only thing that you can do to lift a burden is talking. It's the very thing that someone needs. They just need someone to talk to. You just being a friend. Just being a friend, taking out for someone for a cup of coffee. If they don't drink coffee, you know, get them a a chai tea. I don't know. Come up with something. Take them out and spend time with them. If you notice that there's something going on in their life, reach out. Seeing the need and stepping in. If you're carrying a weight today, you're not meant to bear it alone. You're not meant to bear that weight alone. You need to ask. You need to be transparent. Hey, I'm struggling. Today, I'm struggling. Maybe it's a literal, like you're struggling with weight. Maybe that's your thing. Find somebody. Man, I'm struggling with my eating habits. I'm, I'm, you know, if you're, you're struggling with your kids and it's the point of breaking, talk to somebody. Maybe you need a break from your kids. Talk to my wife and I. We'll, we'll take care of your kids. You go have a day to yourself. We're here to bear each other's burdens. We're here to be a family. In six, 6 1, it says, Restore them in a spirit of gentleness. In 6 2, it says, Bear their burdens. We are the body of Christ. We're supposed to function as a body. Not one piece of the body is supposed to carry the whole load. If I'm carrying everything, if I've got a whole load of groceries and I'm carrying them in one hand and I have two hands to carry them, that's absolutely silly. If I'm trying to, you know, I've got two hands and two legs to balance the load. Where the body of Christ function in that. Not one piece is meant to carry everything. We're supposed to get the load a little bit balanced. We have different parts of the body that help disperse the load. So use Use that. You're not supposed to be by yourself, so quit trying to be. Love God, love people. This is how you love. In Romans 13, 8 through 10, it says, Owe no one anything except to love each other. For the one who loves has an, has one who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any of the other commandments are summed up in this one word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to another; therefore love is fulfilling the law. Just love people. It's hard sometimes. 1 John 4, 7-8 says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever, loved, whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. When you love God first, then you can understand the unending, all encompassing love of God. It says it plainly you don't love God, you don't know God. Excuse me, you don't love, you don't know God. That's what it said. If you don't love, then you don't know God. Love God first. And then we can love people. And then the last thing I want to talk about this morning is the word unity. It's spelled U-N-I-T-Y. Unity. The U in unity comes before the I. You're like, duh, I know that. Think about it. When the U comes before the I, when you come before I, We start to have unity. When it when it's you first and then myself, then we start to have unity. Unfortunately, most of us try to spell unity with an I. We want to put ourselves first. We live in a very selfish culture. Very selfish culture where it's all about me. Me, myself, and I, that's all that matters. Very selfish culture. And I, I struggle with selfishness. I, I don't know many people who don't struggle with selfishness. It's, it's the culture we live in where it's all about me. To put our flesh aside says it's all about you. So I want to encourage you. Let's be a culture of serving people. Start first in your home. Serve the people in your home. Don't be a person where it's you first. And everyone else second. There's a I am second slogan, and I love it. I am second. Put yourself second. Put yourself third. Make God first in your life and then start putting people up there. Put your put 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 your priority as people. That'll be the best thing you ever do. That'll be the best thing. So when you put you first and then I, then we're tie. T Y. Tie. We're tied together. Let's be tied together in unity. Let's quit talking about each other. This is not a church that does that. There's not a lot of gossip in this church. I love it. But I just don't ever want to ever have that culture. The other thing that I wanted to say is, using the word unity, the, the very center letter of unity is I. You're supposed to be surrounded by your people. If you ever find yourself outside by yourself, and you're not doing it right. God never intended for you to do this thing alone. He never intended for this to do this alone. This is a church of transparency. Where we let it all hang out and we're real. Quit trying to fake it until you make it. You don't have to. If you've got issues, find somebody, talk to somebody. Let it all hang out. Let's be real. If, if you're hurting, talk to somebody. Let us pray for you. Let us get together and help you. I, we're We're better together. We're better as a community. We're better when we hang out together and do small groups. We're we're just better together. I remember when I had a small group and I was dealing with a situation and, and they heard about it. And the whole group came together and surrounded me and loved on me. And it was the best feeling on the face of the planet. When we have people that surround us and love on us, when we're going through situations, that's what it's all about. There's... You may be, I don't have a situation right now. That's fine. But get surrounded by people just in case you do. You never know when you're going to need that person to lift you up. Because God uses each of us. The Bible says that one man sharpens another like iron sharpens iron. So one man sharpens another. We're better together. We're better together. There's, there's a, a scripture that's saying plans fail for lack of counsel. Plans fail for lack of counsel. If we don't have counsel in our life, if we're not, we're not putting it out and getting counsel for the things that we want, our plans fail. And then we turn to God and say, God, what did you do? So I, this is not a message where I'm trying to beat you up. I just, I want us to look at agape love and say, okay, am I functioning that towards people? Because we have this mentality of, I need to be loved. You need to love me, but I don't necessarily have to love you. I don't necessarily have to love you, and that's not fair, that's not right, that's not the way God intended this to be. We've gotta love everyone, even the junkyard dog, because there are some people that are hurt, and we judge their actions before we ever give them a chance. We don't know what caused those actions, we don't know what happened to them as a child, we don't know what's been done to them, we only know their actions. It's hard to love somebody that's biting at you. But I encourage you to love. Love. Let's be better together.